nutrition, gut health, mental health, hormones, and so much more. These all play roles in sustainable weight management. So, I scour the globe for top experts in fitness, health, and weight loss to bring to you this podcast. So take a seat and enjoy the ride. So everyone, welcome back to the Matter Over Mind Experience. I'm your host, Master Trainer and Weight Management Expert, Narado Zico Powell. And I have a brilliant, let me say brilliant, individual for you today. Certified holistic nutritionist and epigenetic coach, and also a member of the first graduating class of the Human Potential Training Institute, Natalie Nidham. We're going to get into some topics today. Just to give a little bit of spoiler, we're also going to talk about peptides. So stick around, yeah, because she's the expert, let me tell you, on peptides. And of course, I'm going to have a hack of the episode for you. And it's going to be, when should someone consider taking peptides and how can this lead to optimal health and performance? And with that being said, let's welcome Natalie Nidham to the show. Hey, Natalie, how are you? Hey, Zico. Thank you so much. Thanks for that intro. I'm great. Thank you. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I am so glad you're here because I need a peptides expert on this show. <laughs> we're going to talk other things, but that's going to be, that's what we're going to grind into at the end, right? But before we get that started, tell my audience about yourself. Um, so as you said, I started off, um, I mean, I started off, uh, how did I start off? I started off studying physiology when I was in college, which is a really long time ago. Um, and um, I didn't stick with science through most of my career. I actually fell into sales and ad sales. But my whole life, I was a fitness instructor. So I always kind of had a hand in helping people to get healthier. And it wasn't until my kind of mid forties when I decided, you know, this isn't working for me. I miss science. And, and, you know, I was reading up all, all these books at the time paleo was coming up. It was really big. And, you know, I'd always in my heart of hearts, I've always believed that the human body has the ability to heal itself. If we can just kind of get out of the way also, you know, watching family members develop chronic diseases as they got older, believing that the body has an innate ability to heal and starting to try to kind of cut through all the noise in, in the market. And just, you know, I just decided I woke up one morning, I had a conversation actually with my chiropractor of all people. And I was downloading to him some book I'd been reading. I think it was The Paleo Diet by Rob Wolf at the time. And, uh, you know, he was passing the information on to his patients. And he came back one day, said, you know what, Nat? Like, I'm telling my patients to do what you're telling me to do. And they're losing weight. Why don't you just, why don't you just get paid to do this? And it's like a light bulb went off in my head. <laughs> and so within a week, I was registered in a full-time program at the Institute of Holistic Nutrition in Toronto. And... Um, as they say, the rest is history. That was the beginning of the journey, you know, and, and it's interesting because one of my teachers said to us, you know, when you graduate from this program is when the learning really begins. And it was very, very true because all of these educational programs are amazing, but they really just give you the foundation of knowledge. And then 
you kind of use that as your springboard to continue to educate yourself and learn and refine the information. So, so that's, you know, that's a bit about me. I mean, I, I, I definitely am one of those people that is always learning. My husband calls it shiny object syndrome. I choose to reframe it as a lifelong learner. Um, so, so that's how I kind of got into epigenetics. I did the human potential coach training program, which was really a great program just to kind of introduce people into and, and help people to become coaches. So it wasn't so much about, you know, at the time it was branded bulletproof. It wasn't so much about the bulletproof diet. It was really about learning about things like mindfulness practices and uh, flow states and helping people to identify the stories that are operating their subconscious, which very often is holding us back in accomplishing what we're trying to accomplish even more than what we're putting in our mouths, or maybe it's driving what we're putting in our mouths, whatever the case may be. So, you know, I've, I've, most of my career, I've done one-on-one coaching, but as you know, a couple of years ago, I started a podcast because I discovered peptides and that set me on a whole new path. So here I am. <laughs> and there you are. And that's essentially you're describing is biohacking, but also that's considered holistic health, right? Which yeah. It's very important. I want to say something about biohacking too, since I just decided to bring it up for some reason. Is that's okay. It's it's part of my world. <laughs> it's the first word in the name of my podcast, so you may as well bring it up. <laughs> exactly. Someone asked me one time, what is biohacking? And she said, because I, she's like, I was at the doctor's office and this these kids came up and they had this stuff and I, she was trying to explain what it was and they were, no, no, some robotic stuff. And she's like, they were saying it's biohacking. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know what they were doing, but that doesn't sound anything like biohacking to me. And, you know, and it's like, we get, we get kind of caught up in that. I'm a biohacker. I think most people, if you want to take care of your health, you have to be a biohacker. If you ask 10 different people, you might hear 10 different definitions of biohacking. I think um, Dave, Dave Asprey defines it more as hacking their internal and external environment to make yourself as healthy as you possibly can, like something around that era. Because that's where it comes into. All the other things that we're going to talk about, even with peptides and the gadgets that we use and everything that we do, it's all tied into a specific purpose and it's also grounded from starting off where we should, where we should and adding things as we need, which what makes it individualized. And with yeah. that being said, let's talk about your podcast, Biohacking Superhuman Performance. Let me tell you, everyone, love that podcast. I listened to it. The first episode absolutely fell in love. So Natalie, tell us more about your podcast. Thank you. Um, so really, I started the podcast a couple of years ago when I discovered peptides. So when I discovered peptides, I was at a conference. I had needed to take a load off. I sat down in a, in, in a presentation and within about three minutes, I, I kind of was sitting there like, wait, what, what did he just say? Did he just say that that tan he's sporting is coming from like an, in, an injection? Like, what does that even mean? Is that even possible? And, and the guy in front of me happened to be, I own a compounding pharmacy. He's like, dude, this is it. Like, this is the next big thing that nobody knows about. And so I kind of, you know, I, I kind of fell down the rabbit hole. And at first I really resisted it. I was like, no, 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 no. I don't need a new thing. But next thing you know, I started this, I launched this Facebook community. And then it was a question of, you know, peptides, even then, 
certainly then were a lot harder to research than they are now. Like a lot of people are talking about them now. There's, there's a lot more information about them. But at the time I was sitting there going, how am I going to get people to talk to me who know about this stuff? <laughs> and I thought, I know I'll start a podcast. <laughs> so, so that was the, that was the beginning of the podcast. And because I have this background and an interest in holistic health in longevity, Longevity is really my my jam, if you will. Like, how do we live longer, healthier, more vital lives as the longer we live? I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm interested in living a really long time. I'm not so interested in living a really long time unless I'm kicking ass right until my last minute kind of thing. So, um, so I started the podcast and from peptides, it really evolved into this whole space of health optimization and biohacking, which to me is about... You know, it allows you to turn the mirror towards you and to understand where am I in my health journey? How am I going to get myself back to this homeostatic place, which is my baseline? And because once I get to my baseline is when I can start thinking about what can I do to get myself to overperform, right? To get my body even better than good kind of thing. And so that, and so biohacking, I feel is a spectrum right? The extreme of biohacking is I think what people think of abstractly when they think of biohacking, which is like somebody implanting a chip in their head so that, you know, kind of like, I'm going to date myself here, but kind of like the $6 million man, right? $6 million man had a bionic arm. He had bionic legs. He had a bionic eye that allowed him to see through things that you could, you could really think about that as a biohacking, but biohacking in today's terms also means getting up with the sunshine and going outside and letting natural light hit your eyes to inform your brain where you are, getting your feet in the ground so that you're grounding, uh, doing things like cold exposure, sauna, like biohacking doesn't have to be these crazy unnatural things, but it's everything from what, what do we need now to, to find our way back to nature in a modern world that is now starting to harm us, right? With non-native EMFs, with pollution, with chronic stress, with the pace that we're constantly going. So what can we tap into to balance that out so that it doesn't destroy us? And then we start to move into, well, what are the cool supplements that are out there? What's the cool technology? Like I have this cool little doohickey that, you know, stimulates my vagus nerve and and gets my my rest and digest, my parasympathetic nervous system kind of firing. So you know, we then go on this continuum and it does become a slippery slope. Like there's definitely lots of cool gadgets and things that we can get our hands on. And we each as individuals have to find our place where we're comfortable, how far we want to go. And obviously to what degree are we willing to invest? So notice the word invest. I refer to it as an investment instead of an expense. An expense is a car, like it's the fancy car. An investment is when you're spending money on a red light panel or a sauna in your house, that is something that is going to help you to be healthier and live longer and better. So that's, you're putting money into something that should give you returns for a really long time. Live longer and better. I like that. Live and longer. better. 
if I'm in if I'm in diapers, just go ahead and just get rid of me at that point. But yeah, live longer and better. Live, yeah, I'm, I, I, that's that's not life. That's not life. Live longer and better. That's how I look at it. I like that. Everyone, check it out. Biohacking Superhuman Performance is on. I know it's on Spotify, but I'm assuming it's it's on Amazon, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Yeah, it's on all right? on iTunes, like Apple Podcasts. It's on all the big big channels for sure. Awesome. Go ahead and check it out. You will not be disappointed. Now, with that being said, we, we're still we're still talking about biohacking, right? Because again, people are so confused about what this really is. So you kind of mentioned some, but I want to want you kind of tie it up a little bit. Before, quote unquote, what people consider biohacking, but we know that really is. What are some foundations for better health and performance? Yeah. So the so the real foundations is it's it's a, actually it's a lot of what I would talk about when I was a nutritionist before I really got into this space of biohacking, health optimization kind of thing. And it's taking care of the pillars. And the pillars are what are you eating? Are you eating a diet that resonates that is good for you for your body that is matched with what stage of life you're in, your gender, your ethnic background, even your genetics, your activity level. So your nutrition has to be dialed in. Movement and exercise is another um, category pillar. And again, we separate movement from exercise because we could do a CrossFit workout that'll kill just about kill us first thing in the morning. If we sit in a chair for eight hours for, for the next eight hours, Unfortunately, that workout is not going to be able to offset. So we need to move through the day. We need to get movement, build movement into our lives as well as exercise to be, to be remain functional, strong, resilient, that kind of thing. Next is how are we managing our stress? So the stress load we know can basically short circuit all of the other good things that we do in our life. If we are chronically stressed and we haven't developed a toolkit to help us to manage that stress and to buffer the effect of the stress on our bodies, then we're gonna get into trouble because we're not gonna sleep properly. We're gonna make poor food choices. We're gonna be too stressed to exercise. <laughs> like all of the wheels are gonna come off the bus, right? So it could be breath work. It could be meditation. It could be, you know, it could be an app. It could be a brain tap headset. Like it could, you know, we could go, we could go into gadgets and gizmos, or we could just say, I'm going to sit still and learn how to breathe or meditate for a few minutes a day. And amazingly, just that practice will really have an impact on how resilient you are to stress. So we have movement and exercise. We have stress management. We have nutrition. Next, we have sleep and optimizing our sleep is critical right? Learning to, and, and there's a really, there's another really good podcaster. Her name is Molly McLaughlin. And I love the title of her, her, of her company and her podcast, which is sleep is a skill. And when we have babies, when I had a baby, I know that it was important for me to help my baby to learn to soothe himself to sleep so that he could develop good sleep habits. Somehow we grow up and we completely chuck that out the window and we Think of sleep either as an inconvenience <laughs> or something, you know, I'm going to do as little as I can because I got things to do, man. I'm busy. And what we forget is that if we're not sleeping enough and we're not sleeping deeply and deeply and like we're not sleeping efficiently, our body's not able to recover. We are not able to be prepared for the next day. We can't consolidate memories and even our hormones get affected by this. So all of these pillars are very important. Their supplementation comes, supplementation is number five. It's not number one. 
number two, number three, number four. It is number five, supplementation and then all the health gadgets and the biohacks, all that stuff comes next. And I think the only other thing that I would add to that is getting out into nature. And that needs to be woven. And in a way, it gets woven through everything because nature comes into play with food because we want to be eating whole food. Nature comes into play with stress management because there are actually studies that show that people who spend time out in nature around green things actually have better stress resilience built into their body, right? Nature is an ability, it's, it's the impetus to move our bodies, to, to exercise, to get out there. And if when we get out in nature, most people, you go camping or you go do something, you spend time outdoors, guess what? The tendency is to sleep like a log at night, right? We sleep better when we get outside. So I think, you know, I hope that answers your question. Like to me, the biohacking pyramid, if you will, it starts with all of these pillars at the bottom and at the top is where we get to the supplementation and the cool stuff, the fancy stuff. <laughs> I agree 100%. And that's the issue where with people who are not familiar with our field, who they want to go straight to the top. And I'm like, you're, oh, completely, yeah. you're completely missing it. You have to hit the pillars. You have. That's why Dave Ashby says it's changing your internal and external environment. That's really what biohacking is. I have an article on how to get quality sleep. I didn't yeah. mention anything about supplementation in the article. What did I talk about? Resetting your circadian rhythm. How you mm -hmm. do so? Grounding, getting sunlight, not exposing yourself to UV light at night, restricting caffeine. Like all of these, that those are biohacks, right? And yeah. they're all tied together. And when you know how to use them well, use them together, you become a completely different person altogether. It's a complete fantastic change. So thank you so much for that. You're absolutely fantastic, Natalie. And I definitely agree with you. Now, talk about sleep. We know that magnesium also helps with sleep quality, right? It so does. Let's tell tell my audience how can getting adequate magnesium help with our health and weight loss? I mean, look, magnesium is critical to over 300 different processes in the human body. It's hard to think of anything that magnesium doesn't help. And so I think that, you know, I mean, and it works with other things, but ultimately magnesium, you almost want to think of it as a spark plug. And if, if magnesium can help you to sleep better, then your hormones are going to be better balanced the next day. You're going to have an opportunity to make better food choices. You're not going to have those food cravings. And if we sleep more deeply, then our bodies recover better. Magnesium is also really important for, um, gut motility right? So we don't, we don't like to talk about pooping, but at the end of the day, if you're not pooping, nothing, nothing good is going to happen in your world. And magnesium can be very helpful there as well. Um, I know that magnesium plays a role even in blood sugar balancing. Like it's, there's almost nothing you can talk about that magnesium doesn't touch. What's important to know about magnesium is there are many, it can be chelated to different amino acids and different compounds, and that's going to help it to, to, to really either get into the brain or work with different tissues in the body. So for sleep, for example, magnesium glycinate, because it's, it's attached to glycine, really, glycine's great for sleep. Magnesium glycinate can be great for sleep. Some of the best magnesium supplements that I've seen that I really like um, is, you know, there's, and you probably know these guys, there's Bioptimizers makes um, a magnesium breakthrough, which is like seven different kinds of magnesium. They are also just coming out with a sleep formula 
that has an eighth form of magnesium in it, uh, which is magnesium three and eight, which helps to cross the blood brain barrier. So there's, you know, so, and, and then other ways to get magnesium. Actually, there is another way. And people talk about taking an Epsom salts bath before bed and talk when we forget that our skin is our largest organ of absorption. And it's one of the things that I'm sure you talk to your clients about a lot. And that is that what you put on your body is going to end up in your body. And that's both the good things and the bad things. But one of the good things you can do is soak in a magne is in an Epsom salts bath, because that is, I mean, that is the full on relaxation mode that magnesium and all those salts, they get in through the skin into the body. It's not a mistake that you feel much more relaxed. There's also some interesting topical magnesium products that you can use uh, post-workout, like if you're feeling very sore. Um, the one that I like the best actually is by a company called the Activation Products. Uh, they have a really nice magnesium and you know that it gets in because it doesn't, it doesn't crystallize on the skin. So one of the things about magnesium is you want to make sure that you're able to absorb it and that it's getting to where you need it to be. Um, so that's my scoop on magnesium. Absolutely love that. Love it, love it, love it, love it. The benefits of magnesium. That's absolutely fantastic. And I think what is the number? 75% of Americans are magnesium deficient or something. It is, it's, it's a ridiculous number. Yeah. You know, well, and, I, and I think it's partially because our soils are becoming depleted, right? So, I mean, one of the problems is that a lot of people are still eating a lot of processed foods. So you're not going to get it from, from your, your vegetables and, and things like that. But the other reality is that even if you do eat a lot of vegetables, a lot of soil is becoming very depleted. And we, we get very focused on organic food, which granted is very important, but what we actually really should be focused on is biodynamically grown food because the biodynamic farmer is cultivating the soil before he or she is cultivating the vegetables. Because you know what? Your vegetables, they are magical. They can do amazing things, but they really need a very rich soil so that they can concentrate those minerals and vitamins and things and deliver them to you in food. And something else we miss, especially in the US, and Ben Greenfield talks about this as well, but one of the reasons why we're nutrient deficient is because we don't eat organ meats. Oh and yeah, that's an important part. Something that we really miss. I tell people when I tell people that I eat livers, kidneys, and gizzards, they look at me like I have two heads, and I'm like, "Yeah, but and that shows me exactly people don't eat these things, but we that's an important part of our diet." And then I hear people say, well, "If you eat too much, this could happen to you." Da da da. I say, "If you eat too many, too much spinach, you can get kidney stones. Like anything oh, yeah. can happen if you eat yeah. too much of anything. A, a, too much of any good thing can become a bad thing, right? Absolutely." So, but we Absolutely. pick out the bad, the stuff what we want to pick out because we want to justify in our heads, oh, livers are disgusting. And I'm like, well, maybe, I don't know, that's a different story in itself. Anyway, now let's talk about peptides. You know, I don't want to <laughs> kind of go off on my own tangent here. Let's talk about peptides, right? So what are peptides and what do they do for our bodies? Okay. So peptides are nothing more or less than short proteins, right? So peptides are, generally speaking, when we're talking about peptides, we're talking about a proteins that are 50 amino acids or shorter. So for those listeners who don't know what an amino acid is, and I was about to run from the room screaming because this sounds like a chemistry class or something, 
An amino acid is just a building block of protein. So imagine you've got a massive box of Legos, okay? Every one of those little dots is an amino acid. And there are about, there are set, there are eight essential amino acids that our bodies can't make on their own. And then the rest of the amino acids, our body can kind of MacGyver it and take different things, put them together and create the amino acids we need. But the peptides that we talk about are, there are 7,000 active peptides in the body. The most well-known peptide is insulin. Insulin is a peptide. Um, and so these other peptides that are getting a lot more attention, a lot more traction are other peptides that have other effects in the body because there are receptors in the body that these peptides naturally will bind to. And that will initiate a cascade of events that can upregulate repair or healing or helps to reduce inflammation. Like there are peptides for many, many different things. The challenge with peptides is that they are synthetic, they are produced in a lab, and they are for the most part not approved by the FDA. So they live kind of very much in the gray zone. There are some peptides that are made by compound, can be synthesized by compounding pharmacies and are prescribed now by an increasing number of doctors, but it's still very, very early days in this world. Now, you know, springboarding off of our organ meat little discussion there, there's a second category of peptides called bioregulator peptides. Bioregulator peptides are only two to four amino acids long. And the reason I bring them up in the context of organ meats is because they are actually extracted from organ meats. They are naturally present in organs and tissues and glands of animals. So a gentleman by the name of Dr. Vladimir Kavinson identified these and has been studying them in Russia for the last close to 40 years. And he's discovered that these little tiny bioregulator peptides will they're so small that they not only enter into the cell, but they actually enter into the nucleus of the cell, which is where DNA lives. And you're, it, they then bind to DNA and they can upregulate the production of proteins, which helps to rejuvenate and restore function to tissues, glands, and organs. And so there are about 26 different bioregulators that we know of, and they can be used to help to restore function and, and, and health, really. They will bring you back to homeostasis. They will not take you to superpowers, but they can help to restore homeostasis to different organs and glands and systems in the body. So for example, we have an, a thyroid bioregulator. There's an adrenal bioregulator. There's one for the heart. There's one for the pineal gland, which is our master circadian clock. There's one for lungs, for the bladder, for, you know, the list is long. I'm not going to bore you guys with all the details, but basically what's cool about bio, what I find super cool about bioregulators is they come from food. And very often when we go to, to some of these forums where people are eating bioregulators, eating organ meats or taking organ meat supplements, when we see those transformative health improvements, I believe, and I suspect that a lot of it has to do with all of a sudden giving your body access to these bioregulators. They're not as concentrated in the food, if you will, but they're there. And if uh. you think about it in traditional societies in traditional cultures, if someone had a heart problem, they would feed them heart. What's in the heart? There's CoQ10 and there's Kilo Heart. There's the heart bioregulator. 
Love it. So hear that, everyone. Organ meats. Organ meats. <laughs> now, I know I, I know people think I'm disgusting, and I'm okay with it because you know I'm working. I'm working on becoming Superman. That's uh that's part of, that's part of my part of my goal. But I'm not quite there yet. I'm not quite there yet. I think I'm around kryptonite or something. I don't know. But, I think you're doing all right, Zico. <laughs> But as the, we're talking about organ meats. Aside from organ meats, are there other ways to get peptides into our diet? So peptides in theory are available in food. The thing is that when it comes to peptides like, so you've got two sides of the peptide world. You've got the bioregulator side that I just talked about. And then there's the other side where we have peptides, which sadly, you know, the names of peptides are really unfortunate because they're not good names. We have BPC-157, thymosin beta-4, thymosin alpha-1, CJC and ipamorelin, and that's a shortened name. It's actually CJC-1295, no DAC and ipamorelin. I mean, you know, these names are enough to make anybody have like a massive headache, right? The cool thing about these, it's not so much that they come from food as that they are fragments of protein that are naturally occurring in your body. They are already there. So what we're doing is we're isolating that they, they've isolated this exact sequence and they've reproduced it. They've synthesized it in the lab. And now we reintroduce it into the body to provide a stimulus to the body to kind of do what it does best. So the cool thing about peptides is it's not like a drug that is suppressing stuff or that your body has to kind of figure out what to do with it or that overrides your body systems. What the peptides really are, are what happens when you introduce a peptide into the body is it's kind of like the there's receptors around for these, these amino acid chains, like for these peptides. And so they just kind of find the lock that the key is for, and they're good to go. So BPC-157, for example, naturally occurs in gastric juice in our stomachs. And so what's wild about BPC-157, and BPC stands for body protective compound. So body protective compound 157. It is, you know, it is what I call my desert island peptide. So I have a desert island peptide, BPC-157, and I have a desert island bioregulator, which is a pitalon, which is the pineal bioregulator. Some just some of the things that BPC-157 can do is it is really powerful for healing anything in the GI tract from top to bottom. So healing leaky gut, um, it's been used by, um, by clinician and has been found in studies to be very helpful with gut issues like IBD, colitis, Crohn's, that kind of stuff. Um, it is really great for the brain and the nervous system. It protects the body from damage from non-steroidal anti-inflammatory. So that's things like ibuprofen that you take them for pain, but then they destroy your stomach lining. So BPC-157 can offset that. BPC-157 also has analgesic properties, so it can be helpful for pain. And then next, the reason why it gets used a lot and talked about a lot is it can be really helpful for healing soft tissue injuries. And that's just a few of the of of what's been observed that BPC-157 seems to be able to do. Awesome. Thank you so much for that share. And with that being said, we're coming <laughs> up to the hack of the episode. We're going to talk a little bit. We're going to dive a little bit more into peptides and give you more of I guess you say the layman's terms of what you really need to know, right? So we're going to give it, we're going to put it together in a nice little summary. So we don't, like Natalie said, it doesn't seem like a, a chemistry lesson, basically, or a biology lesson. So, but before I do that, of course, you know, I have a gift for my audience out here. I want to talk about Perform. The Amino Co., which is a company that I definitely love their work, their products are 100% science-backed, 
built on amino acid technology, first funded by NASA and further refined through rigorous research and independent clinical trials. They have determined the precise blends of amino acids to help you become stronger, heal faster, reduce age-related declines, and improve your overall metabolic health. And I think it's what, about 90% of Americans are metabolically unhealthy? It's somewhere around there. It's a pretty high number. So today, I'm going to tell you about Perform. It's an essential amino acid-based formulation designed to improve muscle performance during exercise, enhance mental clarity and concentration, reduce fatigue and dehydration, and minimize recovery times. Perform is designed to boost athletic performance by increasing peak physical strength and endurance while also improving focus and concentration. It's helping me to become Superman. I'm telling you, it's helping me to become Superman. The ingredients in Perform have been clinically proven to improve strength and physical performance. Check out these trials. 20% increase in exercise completed, 22% increase in endurance, 11% increase in peak power during exercise, 10% improvement in cognitive function during exercise. And I usually use it before my workout and during my workouts, and it has made a significant difference. I'm more of a fan, I always say this, of the uh, the natural blend that they have. The the way they the way they formulated their the essential aminos with the creatine and also the and also with the um the green leaf extract you need for performance at the right time is absolutely fantastic. If you're gonna check out perform, also check out heal, which is what I use for post-workout as well. With that being said, the website will be in the show notes and the description of the episode where you can get 30% off their products. But if you just want to click, um, go ahead and type in the URL, the website's going to be aminoco slash Zico Health. And again, you'll get 30% off all their products. And with that being said, we're going back to talk about peptides. So give us a nice bowl, make it a nice summary everybody can digest here. When should someone consider taking peptides and how can this lead to optimal performance and health? That's a really good question. And I'm glad you asked. I think for me, the best time to take peptides is when you have a reasonable, for the most part, you have to have an idea of why you're using peptides and what, what's going wrong, right? What's going sideways. So for example, if we want to use BPC-157 to alleviate a, an injury, we need to understand, is this just a strain or is there a biomechanical imbalance that's driving the injury? Because if there's a biomechanical imbalance, so what I mean by that is let's say, you know, like a joint is out of place or you've got a movement inefficiency that's driving pain in your body, then taking that, using any peptide or anything, it may help with the pain, but it's not going to fix the problem. So you're kind of throwing, you're throwing, I mean, it, it'll help, but it's not going to fix it. If we're trying to heal leaky gut, for example, and we, we decide we want to use BPC-157, we need to have an understanding of what's driving that leaky gut. Are we eating the wrong foods? Are we under constant stress? Like what is it that's contributing to that leaky gut that we can address the underlying driver and then bring something in like a BPC-157 to help finish the job. So 
you know, BBC 157 can help us to feel better sometimes even before we've taken the steps we need to take. But definitely any peptide is going to be much more advantageous when you have an understanding of what is it that you're trying to deal with and what may be driving that underlying dysfunction, if you will, or imbalance so that you understand what the, what you're expecting the peptide to come in and do. So for me, and, and you know, BPC is, is a funny example because I think that in the case of, um, of, of leaky, of damaged leaky gut, it can be helpful sometimes even before you take steps. But if you want it to be able to, if you want the effects to be long lasting and you want it to really contribute to a long lasting resolution of your issues, you have to be doing all of the other, you, you have to be supporting it in many other ways. Love it. Does that, does that make that sense? Makes, that makes 100% sense. And Dr. Stephen Gundry says this, and I, I will never forget this saying. I, he had this said it or he had it in his book, but it says, whatever, what you do not do is more important than what you do. Absolutely. You it. If you're eating cake and ice cream every day, and yet you go and work out or, or whatever, that's not going to, that's not going to help you as much. If you take the cake and ice cream out of the equation, you can probably, you can even work out less and still be healthier because mm -hmm. when you, it's like, if you create the inflammation, if you're constantly creating that gut issue, constantly destroying your gut lining, feeding your gut, back, good gut bacteria, the little bit of work that you do, shining some red light on yourself, or even if you go out there and ground and try to get some sunlight and you do those things, the, the amount of damage that you're creating is more than what the repair that you're actually doing. So it's kind of like punching a hole in the wall and then putting like a tape over it and say, okay, I'll cover it up a little bit. And then you keep punching a hole in the wall. Eventually you're not going to have a house, right? Yeah. And that's, that's what we're doing. So I love the way you break that down. Yeah, no, I mean, I love that. And my analogy usually for this, if we're going to, if we're going to throw around analogies is, you know, you, you want to renovate your kitchen, but there's a fire in the kitchen and you can send the contractor in with the nicest kitchen appliances and the nicest kitchen stuff. It's going to keep burning down. <laughs> so, so you're going to have to figure out what's feeding the fire, put the fire out, then do your rebuild. The top of the pyramid that we're talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love it. So, thank you so much, Natalie. We're going to have to work again together in the future. I love this stuff. I love this stuff. Peptides, let me tell you. And with that being said, we talk about your podcast, but again, tell my audience about how they can get in touch with you and know more about your work. Sure. Uh, so, you know, that you can go to my website and everything's there. It's natnidham.com. Um, the podcast is there. If you don't want to go looking for it anywhere else, it's all the episodes are there. Uh, I have a newsletter that I publish every couple of weeks. Um, I'm probably one of the least spammy newsletters out there. I, I can, I push one out every two weeks. Sometimes you'll get one every week, but it's very rare. Um, and then there's the Facebook community is the optimizing superhuman performance group. Uh, that group is most likely going to start to move over to, a private community on another platform because, you know, Facebook is a tough place to exist these days. Um, although I try very hard to keep the conversation clean. It's, it, you know, the rules keep changing and we don't actually get a written memo about what the rules are on any given day. So you just find out when you've broken a rule after the fact. Um, and um, yeah, and then there's the podcast, the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. So that's it. I mean, I'm working on some resources around peptides, hopefully to help people get a handle on them. Um, 
And I run women's retreats every once in a while. I've got one coming up in November and uh, probably another one next year. Awesome. So her contact information will be in the show notes. I was thinking as you were talking that, what should the show notes be? So I'm thinking zikahealth.com slash. Nat. <laughs> yeah, let's see that. Let's see that. Zika, yeah, Zika, I know I drew a blank there. I was trying to go zikahealth.com slash biohacking performance. I, I like that. All right. Zikahealth.com slash biohacking performance. That's what I was going to go with. But of course, if I change my mind, because, you know, I kind of go whatever comes out of my brain at the time, the show notes will be in the description of the episode. You click on it. And there we go. Her contact information will be there and a lot more information about Natalie. So thank you for being here and enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks so much, Zico. Thanks for joining the Matter Over Mind experience. If you got good content out of this or any of my shows, save, subscribe, and share it with anyone who needs this information. Remember, always take the scenic route Enjoy the ride.